Hey everyone, Jay Pollitt here. Just here to apologise before we get into this episode on the delay. This episode was meant to come out the week after episode 5, but a huge number of technical problems from power cuts to heat waves have kind of prevented the post-production for this episode. Uh, but it's here now, so enjoy it, and yeah, I'll see you in the episode. of So What Are We Watching? My name's Andrew. I'm Jay Pollitt. Today is our sixth episode and we're doing it a little bit different this time. So basically, yeah, we're going to be talking about the MCU today, but in kind of substitute for our normal What We Watched Recently act, we're going to be talking about just non-MCU Marvel films. Since the last week or so has been kind of busy and we haven't exactly had the time to go to the cinema or watch anything, so instead of asking you what you've been watching, I guess I'll ask, what kind of Marvel films that aren't in the MCU are you, would you say you're a fan of? I'm definitely going to say the original X-Men series, not the um, first class series, like not, not, not the one that went on from that new trilogy, the, the original one with Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I love those films. You know, I think the first couple of prequel films, including Days of Future Past, I think they're great. Like, First Class, I think, is a brilliant film. Days of Future Past is great. Oh, Days of the Future Past was great. I kind of like Apocalypse. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, especially the, um, you know, the Quicksilver scene. Yeah. Don't even have to describe it, just you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked uh, Apocalypse. Sure, it wasn't one of the best X-Men films, but other villains, especially like um, Archangel and Psylocke. I think, I, don't, I, only, I think I've only seen it once, so I'm not too familiar with the film. Um, have seen it, but not just not a lot. My favourite film, though, within the X-Men franchise, is it's got to be Logan. Oh, Logan is absolutely amazing. Logan ain't my favourite like superhero film. Is there, like, a particular reason they like Logan? It, it's the kind of thing you wouldn't expect from a Marvel film. Also, it's just so dark and it hits you at all the right times. It doesn't rely on comedy pretty much at all. Uh, I mean, they made Stephen Merchant, who's a comedian, into, like, a sympathetic character. It's a pretty dark Marvel film. One that's not comedic. It's very graphic, too. I mean, rightly so, as it focuses on Logan, so... Seeing Logan as an old man looking after a much older Patrick Stewart as Professor X, it's, uh, it's very touching, it's a very touching film. But yeah, so, like, Logan... Logan's a fun film. Well, actually, no, it goes so far to say fun. It, it was depressing, that's what it was. It was, you know, made me cry. I think that's a huge part of why it's, like, one of my favourite just superhero films because of how it makes you feel. Uh, I love films that make you feel different. You like films that make you sad, so that's what you like, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, obviously... You have a type. Okay, I'll admit, I cry sometimes when I'm watching Lion King. Secretly, you cry at every film. <laughs> I cried at Mobius, which is another Marvel film. Oh, uh, no, that's like one we both haven't watched, and I'm still not going to watch it. I've seen it. I've seen Mobius. It wasn't good, though, was it? Did you not know that I'd seen Mobius? No. Yeah, I watched Morbius when the day it came out. Um, the, the thing is with Morbius, uh, we have spoken about it in the past, but we're not going to go into too much detail about it. Uh, I remember when it came out, 
I I was one of the people that was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance. It might not be terrible. And then about halfway through, I just burst into laughter because of how bad it was. I don't plan on watching it, but it looks like there might be a sequel to it because Joe Leto kind of said, you know, never say never about Return for the Joker or Morbius. And I, I really, really, really hope they don't. But, you know, I know Sony, they like money. They'll just, you know, cash on. Although Morbius was a flop, so I don't know if it's something they're going to want to pursue. Actually, I have heard recently that apparently the Deadpool 3 writers are considering putting a load of Morbius jokes in Deadpool 3 because of how much of a meme it's become. Oh yeah, because I believe they said they're not, no one's safe in this one. Like, there's going to be such, such so much trolling in this, like so many jokes and all that, like anything from like, the past few years, like no, nobody's safe. And uh, that's kind of like what I like about Deadpool, is Deadpool, it's, it's a very meta, I mean, there's no getting around saying it's one of the most meta films out there. That's always been part of Deadpool's character, like, he's meta, he breaks the fourth wall, like, he's always talking to the audience, and it's, it's like, the one of the characters that's, like, self-conscious that, you know, sees how ridiculous the superhero universe is in, like, reality. Even then, like in Deadpool 2, he calls Josh Brolin's character Thanos because he's also plays Thanos in the MCU, whereas he was playing Cable in this. It's just little things like that, I guess. Yeah, and also the post credit scene in um, Deadpool 2 when he goes back to Logan, uh, not Logan, he goes back to um, Wolverine Origins and kills the ultimate version of Deadpool. Yeah, uh, which X-Men Origins, I don't think, handled Deadpool like in the way he is. I like the film. But Deadpool in it was just, uh... He doesn't, like, break the fourth wall at all, which is... Well, he does in the post credit scene for it, but aside from that, it's like... Yeah, he's just another character, really. Yeah. So, have you got any other favourites from outside the MCU? Ghost Rider. Okay, that's quite a unique choice. Nick Cage. Yeah, he's one of those actors who, you know, acts like absolutely insane and crazy, and Ghost Rider just suits it so well. Have you seen um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? No, that feels like it's going to be a little bit too meta. It was actually surprisingly good. I didn't have much high hopes going into it, but like the, it, it's a very fun film. Um, a lot of Nick Cage, as you may expect from the trailers. But yeah, it... Um, it made me want to watch Paddington 2, which I'm not going to say why. You'll have to watch the film to find out. But It's gone from talking about Marvel to Paddington. Okay. Back into uh, Ghost Rider, what do you like about like the Ghost Rider films? I don't know. It felt, I want to say gothic, but it wasn't gothic. It was like, you know, one of the more supernatural Marvel superheroes that are on screen, like next to, you know, um, Blade. You know, it's something about a guy with like a flaming skull and a motorbike and chains, like, what What doesn't seem cool about that? It's great. It's very sort of metal-esque, I guess? Yeah. It's very rock, very, you know, metal-like bass. I mean, the second film wasn't that good compared to the first, but, it, you know, it was definitely enjoyable, like, early 2000s, like, Marvel flick, something I grew up on. Well, how do you feel about, like, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man films? Yeah, I loved all of those. Even Spider-Man 3? Even Spider-Man 3. Like, I watched those religiously as a child, had them on VHS and everything. 
and then watching them back now, like, yeah, sure, it's maybe some of the acting, maybe some of the stuff in it hasn't aged, but, you know, I still like them for the, how they are. Which of those films would you say is your favourite? I'm going to say Spider-Man 2. Okay, I think that's, like, the popular choice. Um, I actually don't like Spider-Man. I like it, but I don't like it as much as I think most people do. And it's all because of the ending, because I can't stand... Uh, the Kirsten Dunst version of MJ. Gwen Stacy, not the Sam Raimi Gwen Stacy, but the Emstone Gwen Stacy is the best Spider-Man partner. I, I just think MJ, I, I think she's awful. Like, you know, she's all happily married to this guy at the end of the film, and then she's like, okay, right, well, I don't like you anymore. I'm going to go see Spider-Man. And I don't know, it just feels like one of those happy endings that has been shoved in there. Like, I feel like Spider-Man 1 did it brilliantly, and the first Spider-Man is my favourite of the Raimi trilogy. Of course, that film ends with Peter Parker realising, hey, I can't be with MJ. It kind of feels like Spider-Man 2 takes away from the tragedy of that first one. Uh, now, there's still a load of great stuff I love in Spider-Man 2, you know. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is absolutely amazing. There's some great, like, kind of horror-ish sequences in there too which of course come from Sam Raimi. I don't like it as much as the original and Spider-Man 3 I just think is kind of cringy. I mean I can understand that. I still like Spider-Man 3 regardless of its cringiness. The Peter Parker dance scene and all, the Bully Maguire dance scene is very very cheesy and very very cringy but that's what I love about it because you know it's it's a staple it's an, like an iconic moment of that trilogy when Early comic book films were based like very campy and very like you know like like comic booky. That's what it was. Like it was all about like um, costumes being like like spandex and like you know minimalist. Like the CGI that was just like a bit of a revolution at the time. Yeah, the black suit. I feel like I like the black suit. So I'm just trying to imagine if they did like a, a full on like uh, pitch black symbiote suit without the decals on it or without the patterns, because. I think they were originally going to go with that, and it didn't look too great. It looks a bit latexy. Well, I, uh, the thing is, like, I remember, and we're talking years back now, uh, but I remember when Spider-Man 3 first came out, um, and that suit was, like, used everywhere. Like, you'd always see, like, the black suit Spider-Man. Uh, we had the Spider-Man 3 video game, and I remember playing as, like, black suit Spider-Man, and it was, yeah, that was surreal. I had Spider-Man 2 on uh, PlayStation 2. I mean, have you played the new Spider-Man game? I love that game. Well, it's not really new anymore, uh, but yeah. I like it. It's like one of the best Marvel games that came out, because obviously Avengers was, wasn't was great. I I got like past the first part, I think, of Avengers, but I just found that Miss Marvel's character was really annoying and obnoxious. Yeah, uh, what they did with the Avengers was a bit eh. Insomniac, who made the Spider-Man game, are making a Wolverine game now as well. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be like a gory game, or if it's just going to be like a PG-16. Uh, because I know Spider-Man is a uh, Peggy-16. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to uh, wait and find out for that one. I feel like while we're on the subject of Spider-Man, I just want to mention Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, because I personally love his Spider-Man. Like, obviously Tom, Tom McGuire is the OG, but Andrew Garfield's is my favourite. Andrew Garfield's my favourite. Like you said, uh, when we were doing the Spider-Man episode, Spider-Man no, no Way Home, it's like, I was the OG before everybody else started, like, oh my god, Andrew Garfield's so cool. 
I never had anything against the films. Uh, I just, I think the second film clouded my judgment because I'm not a huge fan of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, but the first Amazing Spider-Man film, in my opinion, I think it's better than the Raimi trilogy. Like I mentioned earlier as well, uh, Gwen Stacy is actually a pretty decent love interest uh, in these films, uh, which is nice to see. She actually has something to do in the film other than just be someone for Peter Parker to pine after. Yeah, MJ does actually exist in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Yeah, she was meant to be in the second one, but they cut her scene out, didn't they? Yeah, um, but she exists. She's in the Amazing Spider-Man universe, but whether they explore it in the future, because now the opportunity of making another Amazing Spider-Man film is there, we may never know. Well, I do believe, hasn't Andrew Garfield, like, hasn't it been rumoured that he's just, like, signed on for more films or something? Has he? Apparently. I don't, I'm not sure if it's official or anything, but uh, I still think Andrew Garfield would be great if, for Sony's, like, side universe, if he was, like, the main Spider-Man for those films... So they don't have to directly make, like, an Amazing Spider-Man 3, but, you know, maybe he pops up in Venom 3 and he's, like, the main villain. I, I'd like to see that, like, them just showing, oh, Spider-Man's the villain. Because, like, we see, like, um, Venom and Morbius are obviously films about villains, but then made them expected that they look like heroes. I, I, what do you think about Venom? Uh, I liked the first Venom to a degree. The second one I don't like at all. I, I was super excited for it, and then it just turned into, like, this, you know, rom-com, like, comedy. And for a character that's supposed to be, you know, Carnage and Carnage, like, it was just not that. I think they kind of work as, like, parodies. Um, like, Venom's a parody of himself. And I do think the chemistry between Tom Hardy and himself... Um, <laughs> is perfect um but yeah no the thing i've kind of found with like all of the sony films is like all of the villains are just kind of like glorified versions of the main character that was the case of both venom one and two and mobius yeah riot in the first film was basically just silver venom um so it makes me question what they're going to do for craven that's also a weird thing because apparently what from what they've told us about uh, the Craven's character, sounds nothing like Craven. Apparently, he's an animal lover who doesn't want to hurt animals, which is like, that doesn't make sense because in the comics, he basically hunts all the animals that he could ever hunt in the animal kingdom. So he goes into the next big talk, which is hunting Spider Man. How are you going to make a Craven the Hunter film about a guy who loves animals? Maybe it's going to be like the new Ace Ventura and he's going to hunt down animal abusers. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about those films. It kind of feels like. Sony are trying to leech as much as they can off of Marvel. Yeah, they're milking it. And now with the news that they're making El Morato, who no one has heard of. Speaking of like all the Spider-Man films, I feel like there's a huge one I'm missing out on, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah. Love this film. That came out around about like 2019, didn't it? The tail end of 2018, uh, going into 2019. Oh, was it 2018? I thought it was 2019. Yeah, it was like December 2018. So basically 2019. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, this film is... Logan beats it only slightly. Like, Spider-Verse is my second favourite both Marvel slash superhero film. Yeah, there's like 
this is a film that Sony has like handled so well, and I'm looking forward to the sequels. It's it sucks because they I think the second one was meant to be coming out in October, and now they've delayed it to next June. But that can only mean that they're going to be working hard on it more. So hopefully it's not all bad news. That film is peak Spider-Man for me. Isn't one of the villains in uh, Across the Spider-Verse um, confirmed as the spot? I'm not sure. I don't know much about the villains. I know that Oscar Isaac's going to be in it as Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, because one of the villains, uh, the spot, is basically like... I want to say like polka dot man, but it's nothing like polka dot man because it's basically like a, a person who's like it's basically covered in black spots that basically like act as like mini wormholes, I guess. I think that's all we can really talk about in terms of like non MCU Marvel films. So let's move on into our second act where we're going to be talking strictly about the MCU. Yeah, um, MCU main main point about it. It's a very good, very well-crafted cinematic universe, I believe. I do feel like it's been a little bit crowded, though. Before we get into any of that, uh, I'm going to ask you, what is your favourite film in the MCU? For the Dark World. No, I'm joking. You do actually not hate that, though, right? I don't hate For the Dark World. Controversial opinion. I know it was like, it's the least liked for film. But I like it. Um, I don't know, it has a little bit of a different charm about it it's a nice little film i just like to revisit or i want to say i prefer it over stuff like ragnarok but i like it that's all i say no but my favorite mcu film i want to say possibly winter soldier civil war and infinity war i'd probably say my favorite is uh, guardians of the galaxy the original I prefer the second Guys of the Galaxy over the first one. I kind of like the whole ego storyline. For me, I kind of found Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a bit too comedic for my liking. I think it kind of got into that part where Marvel was using a lot of comedy in their films to bring in an appeal. Uh, and some parts are just kind of cut off. Like, it's meant to be a super emotional scene with ego discussing to Star Lord, like, his backstory. And he's like, right, well, I've got to take a whiz. I can understand that. It is a bit more comedic than the first. Yeah. Um, I still like the second one. Yeah, I liked it because there's some pretty cool scenes in it. I like the bit where uh, Star-Lord and uh, Ego basically go toe-to-toe, and Ego turns into like the uh, giant version of himself, and Star-Lord turns into Pac-Man. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got some stunning visuals in it. Yeah, the first one, I don't know, the first one's like, it's a nice film about like acceptance and finding your family through non-relatives. Isn't that basically like most of the MCU films though? Yeah, but I think it's done like super well with Guardians of the Galaxy. One thing is like you can watch Guardians of the Galaxy without watching anything else and you will still have a clear understanding of it. You know what's ironic about that, about what you said about family? That Vin Diesel's in it, because he plays great. <laughs> and Vin Diesel, um, it's been eight years now, but of course, um, Vin Diesel's character is the one to have the um, tragic sacrifice in that film as well. Yeah, because of family. Always about family. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that Avengers is family, 
Have you got a favorite Avengers film? Or actually, I suppose you just said Infinity War. I did say Infinity War, yeah, but I also did like Age of Ultron. Okay, that's a very... I think that's quite a controversial opinion, again. It is, it is, especially with the director, because I hate the director. We don't, no. There's no supporting Joss Whedon. Oh, I did like the film. I don't know, I kind of like the whole Ultron aspect. I, I mean, I do wish they had made it better, but I, I enjoyed Ultron. So, that's your favourite Avengers film? I wouldn't say it's my favourite, I liked it. My favourite would be Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity War's my favourite. Uh, it used to be Endgame, but I've kind of... I don't like Endgame as much as I used to now. Uh, it is pretty much just, like, two hours of fan service and then, like, one hour of a pretty cool fight scene, I guess. I mean, I remember uh, we were in a group chat that I set up just after Endgame had came out, and I remember it was just like, oh, my God, it's amazing, like, best film ever, and now I'm... Yeah, do you still have that ticket? Because I remember you said you were, like, going to save you the Avengers Endgame ticket. No, I don't have that ticket anymore. I used to collect cinema tickets, and I used to put them on my uh, wardrobe, but I don't do that anymore. Because a lot of them just, you know, they're all paper, they're all, like, you know, very thin, they all kind of, like, eroded away. And now I just buy my tickets digitally because I have the cinema pass. I don't know what happened to my Endgame ticket. If I can, I do get um, tickets, like, physically, so it's, like, a nice thing one day be like, oh, look, I watched this film in the cinemas, this cool classic. I wish I wish I could, you know, um, keep collecting tickets again. I would do that, but it's just a matter of, like, where we're going to put them, because I don't really put stuff in my wardrobe anymore, because you kind of, you know, close it. I've got a big scrapbook that I put, like, my tickets and stuff in. I might, I might, like, laminate them or something like that, or keep them in, like, some sort of, like, plastic wallet. It's just the fact that I don't really need, like, physical tickets because I can just use, like, a, a barcode on my phone and it just gets the ticket off. And the only reason I'd probably need a paper one is if I went to the machine and prints off the ticket, but I don't need to because it's so easy to just get my phone out, they scan it, done. I don't know what ever happened to my in-game ticket because I I used to have them, like, all in a drawer or something and we cleared out my room and they've all just gone now. But I've got, I have got, like, my Doctor Strange ticket from a couple months ago. I don't think I've got a ticket for No Way Home, which is kind of sad. I don't, I don't have the tickets, but I have receipts for snacks and all that from certain dates. I don't know why. But yeah, so Endgame... What were your thoughts, like initial thoughts on Endgame? I loved it at the time. I still do love it, although I can agree it was basically just fan service. You know, I mean, it was a good way to kind of close that chapter. But then now I feel like after Endgame, like they're trying to build for something else, and now it's just like... I want to see the quality of Marvel's going, like, a, a tad down a little bit, because now it's just, like... I mean, I still love, like, the films that have uh, been given. Uh, you know, you had, like, um, Far From Home, you've got No Way Home, you had... Um, well, this matter was just great, and... I don't think you've said you saw Shang-Chi. No, I have seen Shang-Chi. Oh, have you? That was good, yeah. Shang-Chi I went to see in the cinema with my friend, John Paul. And the stuff that came out last year... No Way Home was my favourite for a while, and then Shang-Chi took it over again. Because, I, I don't know, it's my favourite film. It's my favourite Marvel thing that came out last year. It was definitely it was definitely an enjoyable film. Nothing too special, but, you know, I liked it. I liked the character. I think the major issue with Marvel now is oversaturation. If you take into account, uh, by the time Endgame came out in 2019, 
we got an average of about like three films a year. 2020 happens, COVID happens, there's no films that year at all. Then suddenly last year alone, we got four films, five series, plus Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which kind of ties into the MCU. And then this year, we're on board to get even more than that. That's because it's money, isn't it? At the end of the day, like, to put it simply, it is money. I mean, I know Kevin Feige likes to listen to the fans, and I mean, he's doing so well so far with it. Um, I respect him for that. But I do think on Disney's part, it's basically just about seeing what we can get out, and like, you know, I feel like I'm worried that at one point it's going to be. Like I've mentioned this quite a bit, like throughout different episodes, but quantity over quality. I feel like. Well, I feel like it already is at that, to be honest. Yeah, CGI now is kind of not the best. It's been in like some of the films gone a little bit downhill. I just kind of, I don't know. I think. It's getting stale, like it. Everything kind of feels like it's just put being put through a narrative machine where it. Or it's got the same narrative, but different characters and some plot elements might be changed so it looks different, but it's actually not. A huge example I'll give, which I know you said you haven't seen them, but it's the, the Disney Plus series. All of them kind of just feel the same, just with different characters. You know, it's always they're looking for like this one with Guffin, um, and then by the end of it, they learn to accept their powers and move on, ready to be in the rest of the MCU. Um, Miss Marvel which I actually adored the, the first episode. It felt so refreshing to see something like the first episode in the MCU. It felt like... You've seen Scott Pilgrim, obviously. It felt very much like it came out of Scott Pilgrim. And I was hoping the rest of the series was going to be like that. It's got loads of like animations in it. It looks like it's literally come out of a comic book. But that was limited to the first episode. Like, there's a, the odd animation here and there and the rest of the ones we've had so far, but it's just not that comic booky. And now it's the character going on a quest to find out what's causing her powers. And it's like, I feel like we've seen this a million times in the MCU and it's no longer as highly regarded as I would have put it as if a quality had been the same as the first episode. I think a lot of the journeys and a lot of the stories now in these new MCU films like you said, I kind of like follow the pattern that we've seen before. I I feel like it's a minority now to say that I enjoyed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, it only came out a couple months ago, so we can't spoil it. But uh, what do you think about it? I liked it. The name is misleading, though, because for a multiverse film, it doesn't exactly explore the multiverse that much. Could have called it something else like Book of Madness or of darkness or something like that but it's more of him revolving around the dark hold to be honest i feel like the i kind of feel like it was the announcement of marvel making multiverse of madness which has kind of made the marvel fandom feel a little bit unbearable because i feel like if multiverse of madness was never announced all the rumours about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in No Way Home probably would never have popped up. And, you know, imagine, imagine going to see No Way Home and not knowing that they were in it. And then they pop up out of nowhere. It's like, oh my god, what is going on? Like, they actually did it. I feel like from that announcement now it's made ex expectations for like what a certain films should include. 
and it sets people for disappointment. I think that's where a lot of people don't like Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness. Again, not going to spoil it, but if you are expecting a huge cameo fest, go in with low expectations because that is not what it is. It's a Doctor Strange film at the end of the day, not a big Avengers film. I feel like it's a little bit more of a simpler Doctor Strange film compared to the first one. I feel like villain-wise and story-wise, because the first one was mostly with characters we'd never heard of before. Because obviously it's been known since it was first announced that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness ties into WandaVision, which is the first time you've kind of had to watch a Disney Plus series to understand a film. But I didn't feel it was as essential to the film's viewing as I was expecting. I don't feel there was much connection because it kind of, not retcons it, but you know, the, the whole redemption in one division, just like, yeah, it took over a whole town. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess it kind of feels like, and I wasn't expecting this at all, but I think you can watch Doctor Strange and then watch Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness and basically understand what's going on. Obviously, there's lots of dialogue where you might be like, I don't know what they're talking about, but like, I think it's generally they are two films you can put side and side i will say i kind of appreciate the the trippiness of the first doctor strange compared to the second one like the first time like we ever got to see that the mirror like the the mirror dimension with like that acid trip yeah the acid trip it's it's kind of like inception style sort of thing like christopher nolan in a way yeah there, there was stuff like that in doctor strange too which i absolutely adored but uh, we won't discuss that too much since the film's still fairly new. Um, do you have an MCU film that you just absolutely despise? The one film I can't stand in the Well, actually, I kind of say at this point, there's probably a good chunk of MCU films that I just can't stand. Uh, but my least favourite has got to be uh, Iron Man 2. Really? Yeah, Iron Man... I, I, there's no plot. It's just a bunch of like ideas shoved in there. Black Widow is literally a sex object throughout the whole film. Considering how good the first Iron Man is as well, it feels so underwhelming for this to be the sequel to that. Um, it is my least favorite MCU film. Uh, if you want to talk least favorite series, I'd say Loki. Uh, another thing which I think is highly overrated. Uh, Loki just kind of monologue after monologue after monologue, and it's so just... I tried rewatching it and I just couldn't because it was so boring. <laughs> I get that. My least favorite is Captain Marvel. I wouldn't say Captain Marvel is my least favorite, but it's definitely down there as like one of my least favorite films. Like not the least, but like among them. I think something that I can't actually there's a few things I can't stand about the film. Um, one is how they kind of handle Nick Fury's backstory. They turned it into a joke, basically. Yeah, they, like, hint at, like, all throughout the MCU, like, oh, he's got this epic backstory as to how he lost his eye. And um, it's been out for three years now, so we could spoil it. Uh, yeah, it turns out he got scratched by a... Sorry, no, not a cat, by a flurkin, which is just a cat, but it's from outer space. Um, space cat. And, yeah, it, it's an example of the MCU relying too much on humour, I think. And the other thing I really don't like about it is on how the main character of Captain Marvel's whole character arc within the film shifts, not over the course of a two-hour plot, 
but within about like 10 seconds because she's told hey you know these guys these guys are actually the bad guys um when literally the main villain well the scrolls aren't really the villains but um you know they are they're kind of um meant to be manipulative so the fact that she's like oh yeah I guess you guys are right. These guys who I've spent my whole life with, they're actually the bad guys. Let's go fight them now. It's all done within like 20 seconds. That is not a good character arc at all. It would be better if it had built over the course of the film. I didn't mind Brie Larson's acting, and I kind of liked her in films like The Room, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, Kong, Skull Island. But when I sat down and watched Captain Marvel, it's just then I kind of realized that she doesn't have any emotion in the face. She's just like a brick wall. I will say, I don't, because like you say, there's been many other films where she has shown a lot of range. I think that is ultimately down to the directing, which luckily for the sequel that's coming out next year, none of like the original team that worked on Captain Marvel is going to be there. So hopefully it should be a bit better. I mean, to be fair, from what I've seen in a... Um... In she was in Shang Chi, wasn't she? In one of the um, she was in a post credit scene. Just from that small little segment, she had more emotion in that than the whole of Captain Marvel and Endgame combined. Because even in Endgame, she wasn't even that in that for long, and she's just uh, yeah. That's another thing I didn't like how she basically just shoehorned into that. Just like oh, what are they shooting at the sky? And it's just like Brie Larson's like Captain Marvel. Oh, look how powerful she is. She can punch down a ship. And then that random scene where they all just join together, just like, she's not alone sort of thing. Like, kind of like, you know, trying to expand upon how they did with Wanda. Oh, like them trying to show, hey, we're progressive. So we'll have one shot of everyone, like, all the girls teaming up and then we just cut away from it. Because that's basically what people do in war, okay. I just didn't like how she was portrayed in Captain Marvel and all that. It's definitely one of the weakest films. It reminds me of when Captain Marvel ends up like punching Thanos and all that in Ends Game, which is like, oh, okay, I'm so strong, and then she gets punched, and it's just like, oh, look. I do remember being worried that, because um, there was like loads of rumours there saying Captain Marvel will be the one to beat Thanos, but it was like, that's going to feel so anticlimactic, this new character they've just introduced at the last minute, which obviously well, that wasn't the case. I think under a different team... Captain Marvel's character is bound to be much better. Uh, I think Nia DaCosta is directing the next Captain Marvel film titled The Marvels, which is going to kind of also serve as like a sequel to the current Miss Marvel series. That's fair. I'm not too familiar with the director. You may be, actually. She. Uh, have you seen the Candyman film from last year? Oh, wait, she was a director? I thought it was Jordan Peele. Uh, yeah, she made that. Uh, Jordan Peele was the producer. Ah, producer. Makes sense. And the writer. I mean, I didn't hate Candyman, but it was definitely political. But, I mean, then again, Candyman has always been political, so... Yeah, she also did a film called uh, Little Woods in 2018. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I have not. It's got uh, Tessa Thompson in, actually, who is another Marvel actor. Unpopular opinion, I'm not a big fan on Tessa Thompson. As like a person or as an actor? I don't really like her Valkyrie. I do feel like a lot of, of particularly Marvel fans sort of like worship these characters who have fairly little 
screen time. Because, like, we've only seen Valkyrie, like, we saw a little bit in Endgame, and we saw her have a decent role in Thor Ragnarok, but even then, her characterization from Ragnarok to Endgame, she was, like, changed drastically. Because in Thor Ragnarok, you know, she was a bit, like, a careless character, kind of. But then, in Endgame, she was like, yeah, I'll help you, let's do this, and it's like, it, it felt like a sudden shift of her character. What do you think about, like, the Ant-Man films? I like the Ant-Man films. Uh, the second one wasn't the best. I mean, I went to go see that in cinema. There wasn't really too much to spoil about that, aside from, you know, uh, the Quantum Zone. But um, Probably the post credit scene is the only spoilable thing in that. Yeah. But even then, Endgame kind of clarifies that anyway, so... Um, Ant-Man, I think, they're fun films. Like, it's a nice change of pace. You're not going... Like, I think everyone knows. Like, if you're going to watch Ant-Man, if you're not watching some big... Well, it is a blockbuster, but it's not going to be, like, a big, like, Avengers-type film. You're in for just a fun little ride. I feel like Ant-Man was, like, one of the first Marvel films, which was, like a, like, a very different, like, tone, very different, like, direction. Because it wasn't about, you know, like, people who had dead muscle... Uh, mus- people who had, like, massive muscles or, um, you know, people in uh, armour and all that, or people from space. This was basically more, like, science-based and, like, you know... Uh, in a naturized world, just like, oh, you know, you're the size of an ant. And I feel like that's like when they start getting trippy. I like the whole concept, but like, Scott Lang is a criminal as well. Like, he's a criminal who is a superhero, and he's like, you know, he, he's on he's on call. He does stuff if he has to. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Ant-Man's a fun film. Uh, the next Ant-Man film, though, is apparently, I think that's got... Kang the Conqueror in it, who we first see in Loki, and the only thing there is, with that announcement, it doesn't seem like Ant-Man 3 is going to be the same tone as Ant-Man 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Now they have Kang, and Kang is, you know, officially come to the MCU, like, as the Conqueror, I feel like it's going to get a little bit more serious and a little bit more, like, right, um, things are going to go south real quick. Because Kang in the comics is ruthless. You said you haven't seen Loki, but are you aware that about Kang? I'm very aware of all the stuff in the series. I've just not sat down and watched it because I don't have Disney Plus, and I apologise for not having it. The thing is, like, Loki introduces Kang the Conqueror, but he introduces a variant. Um, and yeah, the whole thing, like, the whole series just kind of ends. They're like, hey, if you kill me my variants will come, and you won't like them. Uh, and then, surprise, surprise, they kill him, and he's like, see you soon. And it's just like this really intimidating moment. Um, which I actually believe they started filming season two of Loki now. Again, I wasn't a huge fan of Loki. I like Owen Wilson, though. I thought Owen Wilson was fun. He didn't say wow, though, which is a really, a real missed opportunity. It's just like, ciao. Oh, there should be some sort of cars reference in there. He does drive a car. He drives a car in it. He drives a car, but there should have been a car's reference. He should have said the chow or something. should have gone, wow. I've seen like a meme where, because he picks up Sylvie, who's the female variant of Loki, in like a pizza car. I've seen like a meme where they've changed that car to Lightning McQueen. And um, she's like, oh, why has this car got a face on it? He's like, I wait to meet my variant, uh, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
then you see that. How do you feel about, um, obviously, in the past couple of years, we have lost a very major part of the MCU with uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing? I'm still not over it, to be fair. It's, it's quite... It's been nearly two years now, which feels mad. Um, I remember seeing him, like, announcement that he was dead, and I was like, that's a hoax. And then I look it up, and I'm like, oh no, this is real. Chadwick Boseman's dead. Because wasn't... It, uh, the battle with... Uh, it was cancer, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah, uh, and I, that's something that like I found super inspirational, because he had uh, bowel cancer, and he was battling it privately for four whole years, which during that time he made both Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and the Black Panther film, um, all while suffering and nobody knew. And I think there were reports that he was getting into shape to record Black Panther 2, but obviously he didn't make it in time. So now Black Panther 2 will... We still don't know who's replacing him. I think they're going to give it to someone else, but like somebody who would make sense narratively. In terms of what I think they're going to do with his character, either they're going to kill him off, or they could do something like on how um, in Spider-Man No Way Home, they mentioned that because Doctor Strange was gone for five years, that Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, so they could do something like that, like say because T'Challa was gone for five years, somebody else is now... Well, so obviously somebody's become the new monarch of Wakanda, that could be a way to explain it. Well, don't we see him leading the armies of Wakanda anyway in uh, Endgame through the pole, because he comes out the pole, um, and we see him with all the the, um, the worries and all that, so I feel like, you know, maybe he's still king during that period, but I feel like maybe something did happen. But obviously, Wakanda was still living under somebody else for five whole years, and maybe he came back and just saw things are good without me anyway, and I feel like it would be kind of in character for him to be like, I'm just gonna let them live as they have been living. Um, like, not have to take charge again. Who do you think we might see in future MCU films, now that, you know, we have the possibility of the multiverse, and also now, like, I, I feel like they, they have plans to introduce more characters. Who, who do you wish to see in the future? Like, Marvel characters? Yes. Well, I mean, it's a character we have seen, but not in the MCU, is I would love to see Ian McKellen return as Magneto at some point. Yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant in that role. I love Ian McKellen. And it'd be nice to see him, because he is getting older now. It would be great to just see him alongside just, like, the old X-Men gang return in the MCU. But, like, Marvel characters, I don't know. I'm not actually really too familiar. I guess there's, like, a bunch of X-Men characters I'd like to see in the MCU. Haven't they just... What, what's the series? They've announced that the guy, uh, Daniel Desincretan, who directed Shang-Chi, is doing a series. I can't remember what the character's called. Oh, is this uh, around the Ten Rings? Is, that, is it to do with his sister? Uh, I don't think so, no. They're, he's doing a series which is about like this completely unrelated character. It's, it's Wonder Man. Oh, okay, Wonder Man. Uh, but yeah, no, so they're going to make a Wonder Man series. Um, not a character I can say I'm familiar with. Do you know what character I want to see the most in the MCU? Who? Doctor Doom. Yeah, I think Doctor Doom's a huge... I think Lactus. 
I want to see him in Wakanda Forever because I feel like it makes sense. But then again, with the X Men project that's coming out soon, well, not soon. I don't know exactly when it'll officially come out when it gets filmed. But I feel like also it'll be makes sense to be introduced into that, or you know, somewhere in between. I, th- I mean, I think obviously we're gonna get Doctor Doom at some point. Oh, you know what they should do? They should make a House Duck film. Yeah, they should make it. They should make a Deadpool duck film. Yes, I have a Deadpool duck, uh, Funko. I remember the first time I actually uh, met you. I, I bought that Funko, Bob. I still have it. Very, very iconic. Was that wasn't that your first ever Funko Pop? Yeah, my first ever Funko Pop. Um, I spent like twenty quid on it. Uh, I don't have it in the box anymore, sadly. Which I mean, all of the Funko Pops now I have are all in the boxes, all the text is on, but it's like the one Funko I don't have in the box because the box kind of just deteriorated. Because I opened it once, took it out, put it back in the box, and then from there it just you know started rotting. And that's that's why you never take out the box because it just it won't go in the same way again. Okay, I mean, I can't say I've had that experience with my Funko Pop, so I have taken them out, in and out, just every now and then, and they seem fine. So, anyway, have you got anything else you want to say about the MCU? I feel like that's all from me. Okay, so, everything you've just heard was recorded a few weeks ago, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, and now we are here for our third act, the news, film news, which, uh, obviously, we were not including what we recorded, like, a few weeks ago, because that's just irrelevant now. Also, a lot of the things we were saying in this podcast have kind of already been contradicted now, because uh, we're only going to be talking about one news story today, and it's, of course, kind of fitting in with the whole theme of this episode, uh, just this past weekend at San Diego Comic-Con. Marvel Studios did a huge Hall H presentation about the future of Marvel, they didn't just announce Phase 5, but they also announced Phase 6, and yeah, we're just going to put those projects. So, uh, what what are your thoughts, like, just overall on the panel? It generally made me excited for Marvel films again. The lineup and the announcements and the projects are actually making me, like, really excited. I haven't been this excited since, um, it would have been, like, Phase 3, I think. I remember the 2019 San Diego Comic-Con big panel where they announced all the projects we've already seen now, which... I feel old. But yeah, I remember being so excited for that. Well, actually, when this panel was going on, I was on the phone to Stefan, who we had as a guest on episode four. We were just, like, sharing our excitement. Because it wasn't wasn't like a live stream. Like, we were getting live updates on Twitter. And as they were announcing everything, it was like, oh my god, wait, look, they're making this and making that. I still do think, though, a lot of oversaturation, which we've spoken about in the episode. I feel like what uh, I feel like what Marvel's direction is here now. Um, obviously, the, it's a little bit oversaturated, and they're bringing in more characters. But what they're kind of doing now, which I've kind of realised, is now they're slowly getting certain like characters and certain rights back into their universe um, from quite a few of the announcements, actually. Um, it's bringing in characters that people have wanted for ages, and I'm I'm really excited for that. I'm really, I'm really excited to see him in this universe or multiverse, because now we're not in the Infinity Saga anymore because that that was finished. We're in the multiverse saga. And before we get into like any of the main projects, we're just going to quickly run through the series. This is a film podcast, so we're not going to spend too much time on this. 
Uh, of course, they spoke about stuff we already knew was coming, like Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki Season 2, which is coming next year, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it would be coming, like, probably another year after that. Uh, Ironheart, um, they've changed the name of the Agatha House of Harkness series to Agatha Oven of Chaos. That's interesting, I guess. But, of course, the biggest announcement, I think, was they announced Daredevil Born Again which I think is going to be like an indirect continuation of the Netflix Daredevil series. It's going to be 18 episodes, which is a goal, I guess, like a way surpassing the milestone for what the Disney Plus series have been so far. For Disney Plus, that's that's quite big. Well, like we said, we are not focusing too much on the TV shows. We're here to talk about the films and stuff they've announced and spoken about and that we've got more material for. And uh, the first thing... I think there is to discuss about that is, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They released the trailer. Have you seen it? Yep, I have seen it. Yeah, it's, um, which also they've announced this is the last film of Phase 4, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, how, uh, what did you think of the trailer? I absolutely loved it. It was great. Um, I think how they've handled um, the situation with Chadwick Boseman passing in this, like just, just from the trailer, I mean, um, obviously they killed him off, which, I mean, I can understand why, but it's kind of difficult to carry on the character when someone is, isn't here, but I feel like how they kind of, they'll probably do it, it it'll be in like a respectful, like, honourable way, I guess. It seems like they're honouring his legacy. Also, it was really awkward while I was editing the rest of this episode, because I'm talking about on how, oh, I don't think they're going to kill him off, you know, they'll probably do this a bit. And now we've got a definite answer to that. No, I mean, like, I felt like, I didn't cry during the trailer, but, like, I felt like a lump in my throat. Oh, no, don't lie, you cried. I was on the phone, so... It's a film which I honestly didn't have that much high hopes about because Chadwick is no longer with us, uh, and it just seemed like it was an absolute production hell, but after seeing the trailer, I am excited for it, and I can imagine that... I, the touch what it won't happen, but... I can imagine I'm going to go to the cinema and come out a mess. I'll be there with a box of tissues, Jordan, don't worry. Thank you. Yeah, so the trailer is great. If you haven't seen it already, make sure you go check it out. Uh, if you're a fan of the original Black Panther, this seems like it will gel with that very well. And it is all going to be about kind of just honouring Chadwick Boseman's legacy, which is great. One other thing that's like the, the main like talkative subject that's been buzzing around for like the past week is Neymar. Yeah, um, which actually in our original news segment we were talking about like the concept art that was released for Black Panther um, and we did see that in there and now yeah we're getting definite proof that he's coming. I really like the Aztec sort of direction they've gone with this like I, I, I'm pretty sure um, they've actually renamed Atlantis in this to something else, which is more Aztec. And I, I kind of like it because, like, it's, it, you know, it delves into those cultural themes. They kind of make sense. It's like, okay, so he would be at war with one cultural setting. How about a different culture, like two different cultures at war? And I, I kind of like it. Um, I kind of appreciate how they've done the Atlanteans or non-Atlanteans, whatever we want to call them. Um, because people were like basically comparing to like um, Avatar, you know, like the blue people from that. Yeah, I mean, I did think that when I watched the trailer, because obviously they're both water based, uh, but also it's like both trailers don't really have much dialogue. Um, 
until I think it was Romanda is talking about how she has lost everything. In the comics, they were originally blue anyway. And also, this is this is another interesting thing that I kind of picked up from the trailer. It appears that under the water, they're not blue, they're just normal, like, you know, skin colour. But as soon as they come out of the water and they've got, like, the breathing apparatus on and all that, their skin turns blue. I kind of love that. Neymar's design itself, like, in the trailer, I, I really, really love it. Like, I love that he's got the, um, the feathers, like, the wings on the back of his heels. Well, you were just talking about people appearing blue in the comics, but maybe not so much in this. And that kind of leads into the next project they announced, which is going to be the first film of Phase 5, uh, and it's Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, the third in the Ant-Man trilogy, which will feature Kang the Conqueror. Obviously, they haven't... They did screen some sort of trailer at San Diego Comic-Con, but it hasn't been released to the public. Uh, I've seen details of what was in it, so I know that Paul Rudd said that basically the premise with Ant-Man now, like post-Endgame, is... He is extremely like excitable that he saved the universe and now like he's written a book and like all the fame's kind of got to his head and it's kind of driven a wedge between him and his family. And wasn't another part of the trailer actually about him mentioning to Kang that uh, he is Ant-Man and Kang goes, wait, didn't I kill you? I think that it was something like, uh, you're an Avenger, have I killed, like, because he wants to kill the Avengers or something. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I'm more excited for it than I thought it was going to be. It seems like it's going to be, which I think we've already spoken about in the podcast, if I haven't cut that part out, uh, it seems like it's going to be much more serious tone than the first two, although apparently it is going to be kind of stylized like a family adventure. I mean, isn't his uh, daughter in this, um, has her own suit in this, uh, like a purple suit, which is kind of like reminiscent of the comic one. Which I guess is also tying up to, like, Young Avengers, I guess. So then we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Isn't this supposed to be, like, according to James Gunn, the end of the Guardians of this era? Yeah, which I do think he's spoken about that quite a bit in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I love both Guardians films, which you've already spoken about in this episode. It'll be sad to see them go. One thing I will say, I don't know if you've heard about this, is in the footage that they showed, again, hasn't been released to the public, but was screened at San Diego Comic-Con, was uh, there's going to be a baby rocket in this film. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, Guns 3, uh, Volume 3, is going to be a little bit of like a rocket-like origin story in a way, like parts of it. I kind of like that, because then it kind of ties into... Um, is his, his wife a significant other who's like an otter so we might end up seeing her in this film that's news to me honestly i didn't know that rocket had a wife in the comics he does yeah it's a, an, an otter if i'm honest i thought there was something going on between him and Groot. well yeah no so guardians 3 obviously without a doubt excited for that it's gonna be a fun ride i hope so one project they haven't really spoken about much at San Diego Comic-Con was the Marvels. They brought it up briefly. So yeah, they didn't speak about that, so we're just not going to speak about it. Uh, but then after that, it's all the stuff that we weren't... Well, we knew some of the stuff was coming, but we didn't know, like, release dates and stuff. And the next film after that they've announced is Blade. I'm sad it's not Wesley Snipes, because Wesley Snipes was the greatest Blade, but, you know... Despite that, I'm sure that um, Mahershala Ali is going to be great as Blade. Actually, I've got some uh, interesting about that. Uh, it's being rumoured, actually, that Anthony Starr, um, who plays Homelander in The Boys, is going to play Dracula in Blade. 
I did actually see something about that like earlier today. I think that's a really good casting choice. I haven't watched The Boys, but I've seen clips of him, and like, I'm, I'm taking he's a good actor because everybody hates that character's guts, right? Well, they hate him, but they love him. That's the thing. Like, you, you love to hate someone. It's like uh, John Walker in Falcon and the Soldier. He's a character everybody despised. Maybe took it a bit far in real life, because, like, everybody was posing death threats to Wyatt Russell, which, like, he's not his character. Blade is... It, it's it's exciting that that's going to come to the MCU. I still, I still wonder if it's going to be R-rated. So the next project they announced after that is uh, Captain America New World Order, which will be coming May 2024. Uh, obviously, we've known, literally, it was revealed that it was in development, literally the day that Falcon and Winter Soldier ended. Obviously, you'll have Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, Captain America. Um, probably Bucky too. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Probably not as much as the other projects, but I'm sure it'll be a great film. Possibly. It, 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 it has potential. I also like how, like, unlike a lot of the other projects, they have kept the same Captain America logo for this film as well. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to change it? There's not really much you should change. I mean, they might change it further down the line, because you know what Marvel's like. Because with, like, Thor, Love and Thunder, the logo was, like, a lot more zany than any of the other four films. But yeah, no, this it looks great. I'm. Uh, we just don't know that much about it, I guess. The next project after that that they've announced, which we have spoken about before on the podcast, um, it's the final film of Phase Five, and it's Thunderbolts. They've officially announced it to be releasing July twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. Did they announce any of the characters though, or is that still? Kept a secret. No, they said it's going to include characters we've seen before and some that we haven't. Um, but we'll hear about that. I think they said we'll hear about it soon, so we'll probably hear about it at D23. Okay. So kind of leading on, after Phase 5, in a big twist, they announced Phase 6 as well, um, which they only announced three films. I do think we're going to get more. But the first film of those is Fantastic Four, which will be releasing in November of 2024, which uh, I, I did actually think this was going to be a Phase 4 film, because I thought, oh, Fantastic Four closes out Phase 4, but now it's Phase 6, and it's like, oh, okay. With Fantastic Four, um, I'm just thinking that could be the introduction to... Doctor Doom, I mean, it makes sense to be, which also makes sense for a project after that, but I'm also thinking, isn't Kang in the comics uh, a descendant of, well, it's like, uh, like um, a future biological relative of Reed Richards? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know his name is Nathaniel Richards, so I guess it lines up. I do think that we could potentially be seeing Doctor Doom sooner than the Fantastic Four, maybe it's like a post-credits tease. Yeah, again, they didn't really speak about Fantastic Four much. We still know that John Watts is directing it. We don't know who's taken over that yet. Should we move on to the final two projects that they've announced? So, the first one, not the last two. Releasing May 2025. Avengers. Is it the Kang Dynasty? Yeah, Avengers the Kang Dynasty. They've also said they're only going to be doing Avengers films at the end of each like saga. So, 
I don't know why I'm trying to keep it a secret. Like, everybody knows at this point, probably. After the two Avengers films that we're going to be getting at the end of Phase 6, we'll be probably waiting for, like, Phase 9 for the next Avengers film after that. Even then, we still have quite a way to go till Avengers 5. I'm more excited for the, um, the second to last one that they've announced, which is Avengers Secret Wars, which uh, for a lot of people who know what Secret Wars is will understand why I am really, really happy about it. I know like the concept of it, but I, um, well, I was expecting it. I just wasn't expecting them to release two Avengers films six months apart. Because this one's coming out in November 2025 and will be the closing film for Phase 6. I am extremely looking forward to it. Can't really say much until we've seen a trailer or I heard something come out. Which will be a lot of years away. That, yeah. that's, uh, in, that's in three years' time. Uh, how, how old will I be in three years' time? I'll be like, what, 23, 24? Oh my god. Yeah, I think it'll be just after like your 24th birthday. Wow, I feel that. I feel old already thinking about it. Hopefully the podcast is still running at that point, so you'll hear our thoughts on that in three years' time. <laughs> I feel I feel like when Phase 9, Phase 10 comes out, we'll end up being like 30 years old or something like that. Yeah, we'll be like pensioners doing the podcast. It's like, yeah, back in my day, Avengers films came once every three years. Yeah, our 1,000th um, our episode special this is uh, 70 it's all interesting I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of this stuff i still think a little bit oversaturated i mean that's probably where secret wars comes in if it gets overcrowded if it gets overcrowded then secret wars will be so like right we can just kill off a bunch of characters and then start fresh it, it's gonna be a long journey it, it's, it's nice to have like an end date for this next saga i guess also now that phase four is over i hopefully they'll release a well, almost over. Hopefully they'll be releasing a Phase 4 box set. Are you going to buy that box set, Jordan? Yeah, I've got uh, Phase 1, 2, and 3. I don't think they're going to put the Disney Plus series in it, though. You never know. They could do. I don't know. I think they're very, like, stingy about that kind of thing. But then again, I'm not bothered because I do prefer the films. <laughs> Is that everything for this section? Yeah, I think we are done. Uh, I like how this has technically taken us three weeks to record this episode now. I know. We're, we're, we're time travellers at this point. This section is basically future those talking to the past selves. Yeah. Once again, apologies for the long delay. Uh, if we could have got it out sooner, we would have. But uh, hopefully, we're going to be getting back to weekly episodes. And yeah, make sure you follow us on all of our platforms. iTunes, Spotify, RSS feed etc etc to be notified whenever we upload i think that's how it works right yeah i think that is how it works um stay tuned for next week's episode which is an 80s episode um so we'll be talking about films that we like from the 80s era maybe films we've spoken about a little bit before in more detail Oh, until then, that is me and Jordan done again for this episode. I like how you have to elaborate. Yeah, we have to elaborate. So we will see you next time. So, bye. Goodbye. Bye.